consistency is the most important thing, um, especially when it comes to a blog. But to be consistent takes planning, discipline, all that kind of hard work and effort. This is the Come Up Steps to Success podcast with your hosts, James Lawson and Courtney Steven. So we got our special guest today, Rashari Henry from the Staff Blog. And we're just going to really let him introduce himself and tell us what the Staff Blog is all about and what he's all about. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Shari Henry, um, the staff blog, just a bit about it. Um, the word staff is a kind of moniker. It's a, the word student and athlete put together. So essentially what the staff blog is, is a place where student athletes can come together and share their tips, advice, um, their stories, pretty much anything that they want to share that isn't really told in uh, traditional media and especially in their own voice. So what we do is we'll send questions to athletes um, whether it's about their injuries, their um, successful seasons, life after sports, or even going pro. And what we do is we send them the questions and they, they answer it in their, own, uh, in their own words. And then we edit it, format it, and put it on the blog um, and distribute it that way. So um, it's definitely a different way of doing things. It's kind of like the Players' Tribune, but for Canadian and especially student-athletes. So that's pretty much where we're at with it. We're developing other things on the side to make it into more of a resource for student athletes but essentially it's pretty much a platform for student athletes to share their stories man that's sick i remember actually when we first bumped heads it was at the laurier football banquet a couple years ago yeah yeah i mean that was a pretty cool experience i always love going back to laurier and, and bucking up with the family because at the end of the day that's really what it is football sports in general is one big family and i mean we automatically had something in common just because we wore the same mm-hmm. jersey and whatnot but yeah it was just an idea back then, the staff yeah. blog. I remember you telling me about it a little bit, and it's crazy to see how much it's grown in such a short time. But like, how how long exactly have you been doing it, or how long have you had this idea um, for for putting this thing together? Like, when did this all start? Our official kind of starting day was May twenty sixth of twenty sixteen. Um, so we celebrated our one year anniversary and our and our into our uh, second year. Um, so. It actually started, I started thinking about it maybe the April of 2016. Um, essentially, I just took an entrepreneurship class um, in second semester. And I, I was just, I, I told myself I need to have something for myself by the end of the year. So this idea kind of popped up in my head. So I was thinking about like in entrepreneurship, they tell you um, focus on who you are, what you know, and who you know. And pretty much everything that kind of came together um, was into the staff blog. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. And from there, I started thinking of different interviews I can do, um, started reaching out to um, people that I called ambassadors, which were other student athletes at other schools, so that they could reach out to athletes in their own athletic departments and get to know them and ask them questions. Um, because obviously, they know them better than I do. So um, it's just a way to get different people involved. Um, so right off the bat, I realized how many student athletes I actually know across the country. So I think I had about like 19 and 20 just to start off with. So it definitely, that definitely helped build the presence right off the bat. And youth sports was um, there to support and all the different conferences. So um, it definitely took off from the beginning. And then um, from there, it's just been about being consistent and following through on the momentum. Nice, nice. Now, did you always want to be a writer? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call myself a blogger, to be honest. Essentially, as I said, the athletes pretty much 
talk in their they speak in their own words so um i try not to whether it's me editing or um other people that have editing it's just we just try to keep the we try to keep the the words in in uh kind of intact we just edit grammar and stuff like that but we want it to be as raw as possible um, want to preserve not their really, voice yeah there's not many different media publications that do that even like the players tribune we all know <laughs> they have someone writing it for them um but this time it's just it's just them writing yeah that's pretty much it um in terms of actual writing i'm definitely not a writer and that's i avoid courses with a lot of writing um <laughs> that's why i so became yeah, a psych major yeah. because everything is multiple choice yeah <laughs> yeah so i definitely avoided that but what i am is a like a thinker and i'm extremely inquisitive anyone that knows me they'll at least one time say why do you ask so many questions because that's just I, my mind's always going and i'm always asking questions and this is just a, this is just a formal way of me getting the answers to all the questions that i have and I have an excuse to ask whoever I want at this point. Nice. Now, would you say like you're a problem solver? Because like, where did this come from? Like, you're an athlete, you 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 play sports, but then you wanted to solve a problem, and you kind of ask the right questions, as you said. You ask questions. How did this come into being? Like, I know you said you want to make something for your own. You're but scratching take your me own into, like, itch. The be- yeah, like take yeah. me into the beginning, like before this even became. Before you're like, oh, I'm gonna start a blog for our <laughs> student athletes. How did you get into business entrepreneurship? Yeah, so um, I've always been an entrepreneur. Actually, I do have a artistic side. I used to make crafts or paintings and stuff like that and even try to go door to door and um, sell them. Um, been doing my paper route and Wait, time um, all out, those time jobs. Time out. Did you, <laughs> did you sell any of these paintings? <laughs> um, memory's kind of blurry, but <laughs> probably Which, just to my family. But you know what, though? I feel like there's plenty of entrepreneurial lessons to be learned in that whole venture, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, so I've always been kind of the type of person that wants to make money for myself and always trying to find ways to sustain myself financially. Um, So when it came to entrepreneurship, uh, the courses were actually brand new when I took them. So uh, Laurier introduced some entrepreneurship courses, and I made sure to take um, the first two of them. and from just from doing the first one, it just inspired me, like seeing different entrepreneurs, speakers that they brought in, um, different people that they brought in that t- uh, told us about their story and just motivated me to start something. So essentially what happened was I had an idea for this app that would pretty much manage everything that student athletes would need. So down to scheduling, workouts, training, pretty much something that would optimize their schedule so that they could succeed um, in school as well as athletics. Because as uh, many student athletes know, no, even people that aren't student athletes, the balance is hard, especially when you're trying to excel at two different things. So to be able to actually do that is an exceptional skill um, that takes a lot of time management, discipline, um, and a lot of different things to be successful. So that's kind of where my idea first hatched, and then from there, I wanted to, I wanted to create like a presence before anything was really made. So I had an idea to create a blog on the site of the app that I was going to build. And then essentially what happened was um, I decided this could essentially be its own thing um, on the side because it was that it had that kind of potential. I essentially made, I re I made a new domain kind of branded it as the staff blog. And then, yeah, from there's it's kind of history. <laughs> so really you just kind of got started. And as you were searching for a way to solve one particular problem, 
you realize that you actually found a way to solve not a different problem, but somewhat of something that you didn't set out to exactly do is what you ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much kind of like a, um, a byproduct of what I was actually trying to do, um, which I'm definitely not, I'm not regretful of that. I think it's definitely something that has kind of brought me many opportunities and also kind of helped a lot of people along the way. So I guess it, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I always think of an entrepreneur as somebody who's not necessarily just builds a business because, yeah, obviously entrepreneurs are the people who found businesses, but mm -hmm. you're more of someone who connects the dots. Like you said earlier, it's it's not just what you know, but it's who you know and how you can bring resources from one area where there's a surplus to another area where there's a deficit and you yeah, can create exactly. that balance. So did you think about how you wanted to try and monetize this idea in the beginning or did you just start out thinking like i see a problem i want to try and solve this problem right off the bat i didn't because um i wanted to create that app so that was this was essentially just going to be the media piece of everything um i'd build up a presence for i was connected with student athletes all across the um cis or the u sports and then once i had something created essentially i'd already have the connections to just at least shoot my shot and <laughs> And uh, try to get these, this app being used in different schools across the country. Right. So you, you really had to deliver value before you ever thought about getting something yeah. in return. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I feel like that's a big issue that a lot of people run into is they just think about getting money. They just thinking about how can I how can I get paid off of this? And they get mm -hmm. so hung up on that. They forget to deliver value to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to do that. So like uh, you... You said you're not a writer, not a blogger. Did you feel <laughs> like, like, did you feel scared or, you know, a little apprehension before you jumped into the blogging world? Not exactly, because um, honestly, it, it was just momentum. Um, once I kind of determined that I was going to do something, I just followed through on it. And I also brought in people that would help me. So there's a fellow student athlete um, that goes to Laurier. Her name's Serena Gill. She, I worked with her on campus at Wolf's. Um, and she she's a cross country runner. And I asked her because I saw her write a blog post on LinkedIn before saw that she kind of, kind of was interested in the blogging thing. So I asked her if she would be interested. And from there, she kind of like took it and ran with it as well. So she was she she helped a lot in terms of the launch of the blog. And she like she made the biggest difference in terms of um, me kind of trying to handle everything and then having her having her bringing her along made things a lot easier because she had a lot of um, organization skills and just someone to bounce ideas from was good. How important is networking to you? Cause it seems like you're just connecting a bunch of people with different skills to build this, this platform that you're creating. So how important is networking? Um, I think networking is the most important thing you can do. Um, because we see it. Many people have seen it. You can know as much as you want. You can have as many degrees as you want, but at the end of the day, someone has a dad in a certain business or, um, a friend of a friend, they're going to have the leg up on you. Um, so networking kind of changes everything, especially when you're kind of building something for yourself. If you can kind of create partnerships or um, bonds that benefit both people or provide value for um, both parties, then it's going to be even better because it's something that's directly benefiting you and the person. Right. You're creating win-win situations all over. Yeah. Yeah. So when you start to work with a bunch of different people now, and for example, you know, you're reaching out to 
micro journalists or however you call it. You're, you're reaching out to mm -hmm. student athletes or, you know, wannabe reporters, people who are just on campus uh, remotely trying to do their mm -hmm. thing. You, you go from being a solo entrepreneur or maybe just, you know, you and your partner in crime to now you're managing a lot of people, even to some degree, even though you might not have to t deal with them for the long term, you got to deal with them mm -hmm. intermittently. So what kind of leadership skills do you think that takes? I mean, did you have to step out of your comfort zone? Are you generally a social person? Like what, what was it like for you to take on, you know, directing so many different people? Yeah. So I'm definitely an introvert. Um, tend to stick to myself, spend a lot of time in my room with the door closed. So for me, that's not definitely not something I, I'm kind of used to doing, especially when it comes to telling people what to do. So um, especially because I'm the per type of person that if I can do something, I'll just do it. I'd not, I don't really like to ask for help, um, which has definitely brought me, caused me a couple of, um, caused me some trouble in the future, but, or uh, in the past, but um, yeah, so in terms of kind of directing people and guiding them, especially because I was doing it remotely, um, I guess I could hide behind the fact that I didn't have to confront people kind of face to face or stuff like that. Um, so it was there was that kind of comfort, but it also was a negative because people could also hide from me, whether it was asking them to kind of submit something on time or if I just needed um, a question about something. There's definitely there's flaws in terms of working remotely and kind of over the web, especially with people you've never actually met in person. So there's there's that aspect. And then just being able to kind of command people and bring them into your vision um, and help them see see the vision and try to put themselves in it. And then also just kind of stick through it and be committed um, is hard to do. So I definitely there's definitely been some challenges with that um, that I've kind of learned some things about myself, some things about people and what you can ask people, especially when you're not paying them, um, especially when they're student athletes and they're busy themselves. There's different expectations that you have um, that you have to be more realistic on. There's definitely different ways that I've tried to kind of maneuver around that. But for the most part, it's been pretty challenging. Well, you definitely have grown a lot as a leader over the course of that. I know myself and the different business ventures that I've taken on, every single one has been life lessons, left, right and center. You know, you're growing, you're figuring things out. You try things a certain way, it may or may not work. You're going to have to go back to the drawing board, assess, and then attack with a different plan. So do you do you have like a strategy that you use now that maybe you didn't even know about when you first started out? Maybe when you approach new people, is there a certain way that you go about doing that to kind of circumvent some of those issues? Or like, do you just wing it and hope that you're finding good people? Like <laughs> so yeah, in terms of, is kind of approaching people and stuff like that. I think that good a good strategy to have is um, planning. So making sure that you know exactly what you want of people and kind of the role that you want them to fill. Because um, in the beginning, I told people about it. They were definitely interested in becoming a part of it. But when it came down to actually maybe doing the work, um, they weren't so down or just with the challenges that they've had or challenges that they had themselves, just balancing school and um, school and athletics they found that it's too much to do. Um, so just being upfront about what you want people to do, the role that you want them to fill, um, and then the kind of the expectations is definitely important to list out from the beginning that so that you don't really have that conflict going forward. Right. Setting expectations is a big part of leadership in anything. Yeah. Even for yourself. Right. Oh, that's, whew. Hey, I feel like a lot, a lot of people got to 
listen back to that one again. You set expectations <laughs> for yourself. You got to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. So how do you get people motivated? Like like you said, you're not really paying anybody yet. It's it's coming up. You guys are at a year now, so that's that's really good. How do you motivate people for the people that write for you, but also for the people that you want to interview and you want them to respond to their questions because they might be busy. How do you motivate them to get things done? Yeah, so in terms of motivating people that uh, work for me, um, I find that a lot of people have their own motives themselves, whether it's building their resume or getting to know people um, on their campus um, or just even doing their part because they believe in kind of the vision of the staff blog. They kind of, you kind of, Ask them what their what their motives are, why they're doing this, and then you you work independently with each person, um, so that you can find a kind of balance for what they're kind of looking to achieve, um, and then working um, with that. So, in terms of that part, you have to kind of find what their motivation is, and then push that to uh, continue motivating them. Um, but also in terms of just interviews, setting deadlines. So. In terms of articles, if I send a list of questions to an athlete before I just say, kind of finish it whenever you can, but I'll say now, maybe finish it within a week or so or um, two days, something like that, because sometimes the questions are not, there's not even that much questions or stuff like that. But once you don't set a deadline for things, they won't get done um, unless the person really, really, really wants to kind of get finished the interview. But if you're busy and stuff like that, then it's probably unlikely. So even if you set a deadline and you know that the person's not going to meet it, at least they knew there was a deadline and they're actually kind of thinking about why, thinking about that deadline. And then they'll they'll say, can I actually have one or two more days? And then at least you can set some guidelines and ex- expectations for when you expect to uh, get things back and things like that. Yeah, so you're throwing the ball into their court and really, you know, yeah. putting the pressure on them. Yeah, exactly. So do you do you read blogs yourself? I do. I don't have like a consistent blog that I go to all the time. Um, a blog that I do like or a website media site is uh, three down nation, especially just cause I see all their stuff on, uh, on Twitter. So their reporting I think is good. It's always timely. Um, and they, they're good at interacting with uh, their audience. Um, so that's definitely someone that I'd like to kind of model myself after. All right. So take us into your strategy on how you get your, blogs out to your audience because i've seen a couple of your blogs especially on twitter Mm -hmm. so i want to know like how you go from you know the beginning of contacting a potential uh, interviewee and then Mm -hmm. to the end where you're putting it out to the people and you're driving that engagement you're driving that interaction yeah so i'll take you through the whole process essentially um i'll just say it's me interviewing um i'll i'll write up some questions actually first i'll reach out to the person so in terms of courtney um, I interviewed him for the blog. He was one of like the first uh, interviews for the blog. So um, I approached him first, as he said, we met at the Laurier football banquet and uh, he said he was interested. So after that, I drafted up some questions, sent it to him. Um, and he was actually in, I believe, training camp when he had to write up all his uh, answers. So um, we definitely had a bit of challenges uh, with that, um, but he got him, <laughs> he got them done in the end um, from there. I go through kind of the editing and stuff like that. If he were to go to a school, say he was still going to Laurier, I would send it to um, the sports information director um, or the communications director for the athletic department. They kind of go through it. I ask them if they want to change anything, if there's anything we need to uh, pull out or add, um, and then they send it back to me. 
Um, and then from there, we gather photos and then format it on the site, set up everything from URLs and uh, all that kind of stuff, and then publish it. Once we publish it, we sometimes um, send the link to same send a link back to the SID um, to kind of get the school to to uh, post it as well on their social media channels. So, um, or even asking them to retweet it once we tag them in the post or stuff like that. That kind of helps them. It helps the blog uh, gain traction that way. And then from there, we ask the person that was interviewed to share it um, because obviously their kind of audience is going to be the most adept at trying to or adept at uh, wanting to read it. That's how we pretty much work. Um, and then we'll kind of continue marketing it through our own channels. But um, we can definitely see that the most from the analytics, the most most traction comes from when the athlete themselves post it, because um, then especially if they're on a football team, you're going to get at least 20 people sharing that. And then the network just keeps growing and it keeps amplifying. So that's how we gain traction. And if it's a really good story, then whether it's family members or other people that have just um, seen it, um, they'll just continue sharing it and putting it in groups and things like that. So your audience goes from zero to however many thousand <laughs> people just off of yeah. you creating solid content that people themselves, they want to share it. You're, you're putting it out there, you're making it accessible and you're giving them the tools they need to share it. But really yeah. they're, they're doing a lot of the legwork for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty much the South blog is just a platform um, for athletes to kind of tell their story in a, in a way that's, that includes pictures, um, looks professional and it's edited and um, things like that. So how much do you guys leverage social media and other forms of communication outside of the internet to push the message even further? I know we, we've seen Twitter. I know you guys got Instagram, but like how much do those play into um, driving traffic back to your website? In terms of driving traffic to the website, um, we've seen that Facebook is kind of, I think it's at like 75 or 80% of our views come from Facebook. Um, so we've been really trying to grow our Facebook page, really pushing kind of the sharing on Facebook, um, because that's where people will go on Facebook on their desktop or their computers, and they'll, they're more um, inclined to read on those platforms. When it comes to Instagram, we're not as, as successful because if you're just scrolling through your feed and stuff like that, you're not really wanting to leave the app to read an article um, because that's just the way Instagram works. It's very visual and you're kind of just scrolling um, and you like it or not, uh, either like it or you keep scrolling, but not many people want to actually leave the app to read something. Twitter is good for, for promoting articles, but Twitter's a tweet. The lifespan of a tweet is really short. So um, it takes a lot of effort to keep um, Twitter rolling. If you don't have a lot of people kind of a lot of followers, first of all, um, kind of waiting for your for each tweet and sharing it and stuff like that. Um, so we've definitely focused in on Facebook and trying to grow that because that's where we've seen the most success. Man, you got a huge understanding of your social <laughs> platforms. Like, are there any books that you've been reading that gave you all of this insight or are you just like studying it? I'd say analytics, Google analytics, just looking at that, you can see, you can see like the, the information you can get from Google, Google analytics is pretty scary because I can see what your interests are. Um, <laughs> where you came from, each page you visited, how much time you spent on each page, um, what platform you used, what screen, size is, what screen size is your phone, your carrier, all that kind of stuff. It really pinpoints 
how your audience is kind of moving to your site and what they're doing once they hit your site. That's just what I've been doing, looking at analytics and um, trying to create a story um, of what our audience is doing when they, how they get to the blog and what they do once they're on the blog. Right. So Google Analytics, for everybody who doesn't know, um, that's basically it's 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 software on the Internet that Google has created that you embed in your website that can track the traffic, where it's coming from and the behaviors of the people on the Internet. Now, you say that you're you're heavy into using Facebook. So, you know, Facebook also has their own version of this analytics software called the Facebook Pixel. So are you guys integrating the Facebook Pixel also for for the same kind of analytic purposes? Um, we haven't really used the Pixel for Facebook. The only analytics I'll look at is our page analytics. So I'll see how many new likes we had, uh, the engagement, how much views we got this week. Um, but one thing I do like is they have kind of like a a page monitor. So I've added a couple pages that I've identified as um, people in our space or our competitors that uh, that I can just I can literally see the same stats that I have. So how much engagement they had for the week, how much posts they had, how much likes they got, how much likes they increased for the past week and stuff like that. Um, so that's just like some added motivation for where I want to be and how how the rest of people are doing. Wow, that's pretty powerful stuff. How important is consistency? Uh, consistency is the most important thing, um, especially when it comes to a blog. Consistency hasn't been my strong point, but it's something I'm getting better at. Um, but to be consistent takes planning, discipline, all that kind of hard work and effort um, to be consistent. So I've definitely taken breaks. Um, I take a, I took a break this this uh, football season um, because it was just I just wanted to focus on football and school. So right now we're picking things back up and um, planning a relaunch in January. Just there's implications to taking a break. Your kind of your blog posts um, rank lower in Google searches. Your content on Instagram doesn't show up as much on people's feeds. Um, your face, same thing with Facebook. So there's definitely implications where these social platforms will penalize you for not being consistent because they want they want that constant engagement and and uh, flow of content on their platforms because it helps them uh, whether it's selling ads or whatnot. Um, they want you to be consistent. So being consistent is the most important thing, especially for media, especially if you're doing any news things like that. All right. So give us an opportunity to enter your war room. You know. You're talking to your troops. You're getting them motivated for January because you're about to do a relaunch. Yeah. What is the one thing that you're going to focus on to tackle that issue of consistency? Planning, 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 planning. Um, you can never do it enough planning just from who's going to handle this role um, in the process. Um, who's going to talk to this person? How much time we're going to have? How much time we're going to allot for each article? Things like that. They all take planning. And if you have a proper process in in place and plan that out then consistency shouldn't be the issue uh, because i feel like consistency consistency is just the outcome um there's a lot of things that go into consistency planning is i think the biggest one of them yeah like i know on this side uh we do interviews and uh, sh- uh episodes with just me and courtney mm-hmm. so something we've been utilizing lately is a content calendar mm-hmm. and that's kind of helped us kind of say okay you know let's try and plan out for the next our goal is to plan out for the next four months uh, yeah. But right now, you know, we're we're about two weeks, three weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we've been doing on this side. And that's been working for us, too. So a content calendar is something we could definitely recommend for our audience when they're looking at 
planning to attack and be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of uh, different tools you can use from that. Uh, one of them is Trello. Um, that kind of, it's like a project management tool. Um, they can invite people to where you can track projects or even just, uh, just using for Twitter, for Twitter, we used to use um, Google calendar and literally not schedule, but put what days the tweets, what days and what tweets were going out um, at what times. Um, that way we could kind of schedule them on TweetDeck, um, which allows you to schedule Twitter posts um, so that you're not individually every time kind of posting something. So that's just another tool that you can use to be consistent and stay on top of things. And we'll definitely have that linked into the show notes. Courtney, I know you got something to say. Oh, I definitely have a, a fire question right now. <laughs> so I know when you start out, um, I know for us, basically, we were talking about it today. Um our target audience has been slowly defining itself a little bit more mm-hmm. and more as we go. But when you started out, you, you, you said that you were scratching your own itch. You were building something to solve a problem that you had, but how do you, you know, tag and categorize your blogs or how do you, you know, pick your subject lines, your titles, your headers? How do you make yourself SEO friendly? How do you put yourself out there to more of the people who are like your most avid readers now that you're starting to understand who your target audience is a little bit more now that you've got some traffic. SEO is definitely something I, I kind of on the lower end for realizing um, or knowing about. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to learn more about that, but I've used whatever tools um, I use Squarespace for uh, my blog. So they have their SEO tools in there. Um, but in terms of getting the content out to the right people, tagging, the, the sports teams, even uh, hashtags and things like that for people that are searching through hashtags. And even sometimes we'll do a feature on someone that goes to, let's say, Laurier and their high school will pick it up um, or their local club football team that they played for. Those type of things where you can kind of identify people or tag people that would have a general interest in um, what you're writing about and then getting them also on board can also help kind of propel how many people see your posts and how many people that how many people that see your posts that are actually interested in your post um, is important. So even down to the people we feature, we like to feature people that have already a, kind of a built up media presence, social media, or they're consistent on social media. Um, they have an engaged following because that means that when we feature them, um, it's going to do well for us as well. So it's all about pairing yourself up with the right people and identifying um, people that can help you grow and um, get your brand noticed. Awesome. Awesome. That's pretty good insight too, because you're not just, it's like, um, we had somebody on the show recently who was talking about the music industry and saying that you don't just want to do every feature, you know, you want to pick partnerships that are good for your brand, good for their brand. It's going to work well together. So that makes a lot of sense. It's a win-win situation. All right. So we're about to ask you two of the most important questions on our show. I'm going to, I'm going to ask the first one and Courtney, you can take the second one. All right. So number one, uh, everybody that's been on our show is a superhero in their own right in real life, you know? So we want to know what is your superpower? My superpower. Hmm. I'd say, uh, just being able to get up in front of any crowd or any place and be able to be yourself and, showcase yourself promote yourself in any way and not really care what people have to say sounds like supreme confidence (laughs) yeah jeff you definitely know some people like that um and you think like 
really not have like self-conscious uh, kind of um, tendencies or anything like that. And especially as an introvert, you're always thinking about what people are thinking and things like that and kind of assuming what they're thinking. So just being able to kind of let loose and just be able to be yourself and not be held back by what you're kind of what's in your what's going on in your mind. Man, that's definitely a big key, especially when you're talking about building a business that relies so heavily on networking and, you know, gathering resources from all over and using different people's strengths. So it makes a lot of sense. So I've got to ask you this now, if I put you on stage and you're using your superpower, okay. And you got a million people out there in the audience and some of them may know you, some of them probably don't know you at all. And we're going to give you an opportunity to give some life advice, something, some steps to success or some tips or just guidance for all these people out here. And this is the only thing they're ever going to hear from you before you fade to black. What would your words be to this group of people who are listening to your every syllable? I'd say one, ask for help and two, form a, form a network of people you can depend on. I like it. That's so crucial. Ask for help. Yeah can't do it by yourself the help part is uh definitely something that uh i struggled with um just because i feel like i always felt like asking for help was a weakness but i realized that being being afraid or avoiding asking for help is actually the weakness um and asking for help is the strength because you're acknowledging what you don't know or what you can't do um and getting the help to help you be able to do that instead of just trying to figure it out on your own or doing it wrong or something like that. And then just saying, oh, well, I did it myself. Even if I didn't complete it, I did it myself. Asking for help is definitely the major, major key to me. That is a gem if I ever heard one. Rishari, man, you're definitely wise beyond your years. I know that there are humongous <laughs> things in your future. It's pretty astonishing what you've been able to build in such a short amount of time, bringing so many people together and telling amazing stories of, of the student athletes that make up our country over here in the great white north that is Canada. So yeah, yeah. thank you for what you're doing with the blog, man. It's awesome. You're giving people a voice and it's, I think if they could, they would thank you. I just have to give a, a quick little shout out to... Uh, Alex Galley because uh, she's a she listened to all your podcasts and she uh, almost blew up when she heard I was coming on the show. So um, shout out to her because she she'll be listening to this whenever it comes out. <laughs> hey, shout out to Alex, definitely. So this this has been a fire episode. I'm not gonna lie, I was over here taking hella notes. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, this was really great. Like I, I think this really puts us into that that mindset or puts us inside of your mindset of taking on something that you're like, man, like you said, you weren't a blogger and to go on and start a blog, like that's huge because a lot of people would focus just on what they're good at or what their strengths are. And you said, Oh, I could make this happen and you use your other skills to still solve that issue. So I, I man, that's real. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Definitely been impressed with what you guys have been doing. I've been listening to more of your podcasts. I listened to uh, Toby's and uh, Vince's thought they were really good um especially i noticed that everyone doesn't like ottawa uh seems to be a major <laughs> trend <laughs> i'm from ottawa as well so i definitely agreed with all of those things they're saying <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh, yeah hey well uh rashari tell the good people of the come up podcast where they can connect with you yep so uh you can um find us on uh facebook 
Instagram and Twitter at StathBlog, S-T-A-T-H, blog. And yeah, that's that's kind of our main three platforms. And you can head to www.stathblog.com to read any of our comment and uh, share your advice. And don't forget to cheer for those Laurier Golden Hawks when next football (laughs) season comes around too. Yep, yep. All right, man. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. And for y'all who are listening, make sure you really take this in because this is a great opportunity for you to learn some things about how to attack an issue, even if you don't necessarily have the skills to solve it. So for the people of the Come Up Podcast, my name is Courtney. And I'm Jimmy. And we're signing off. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find the Come Up Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. The greatest compliment you could give us is to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. This will also help us get in front of more people. And you can connect with us on Instagram at The Come Up Podcast. Don't forget to visit us online at thecomeuppodcast.com for a detailed summary from every episode all the way back to number one, including resource links and downloadable bonus content. (laughs) 